2: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome to the Butting Heads Podcast. I'm...
0: Social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right?
2: talk radio i'm steve rivero as always i'm here with johnny gomez johnny it's free agency is starting to creep up on us though in typical nfl fashion because their contract and their salary caps make no sense uh <laughs> marquee free agents have already started signing despite being two weeks away from the actual start of the week how, how how are you feeling today well you know i i know that Particularly the NFL
1: free agency is a little bit more confusing than, say, baseball or basketball. Just because the salary cap situation seems to kind of change on a dime. But uh, I have to say that I still think that the NFL's free agency is more exciting than any other sport. I know you don't typically agree with me there. But I love it. I love the freaking draft. I love free agency. It's just such an exciting time, um, and which suck kind of you know sucks after the NFL draft because then it's just a period of loneliness till the season begins.
2: Yeah, I mean, I for sure think the NBA has the most fun free agency period. However, I do think the NFL has the best draft period for sure. Um, I and I think it's you know I. I think it's pretty lopsided on both. Like, I think the NBA free agency is way more fun, whereas I think the NFL draft is way more fun, and that's partially because in the NBA, in each draft there ends up being, like, usually at most, like, 10 players that really matter. In the NFL drafts, you get, like, 70 players that matter uh, in each year, and they go from every round. Uh, Even Like, you know, look at last year, Jordan Fuller, Started games like all season for us and was a difference maker and is a guy who kind of thwarted our like long term plans at safety because of just how good he was. It's it's a fun time, but NFL free agency is fun and this year is going to be a really weird free agency period. If you listen to our last podcast, um, we we had Sosa on from the Lockdown Rams pod. It seems like it's just going to be a weird year. And today we're going to talk about like you know players and we talked about a bunch from last week. I'm sure players that are on our wish list for the Rams in free agency and um players we realistically think can actually come here but I I do love free agency I'm really excited for it I'm glad I'm glad we're getting underway so well let's start with the news that came out yes yesterday right it's it's been it's already been a week if I the days are blending together it's only Tuesday um JJ Watt a highly coveted free agent, you know, one of the, best, at least one of the two best defensive players of the last 10 years, along with Aaron Donald, uh, signs in the NFC West, not with us. He's going to Arizona Cardinals. I believe it was about a two-year deal worth about $16 million per per year. My first question was, how is this possible? Because free agency hasn't started yet, and I didn't realize that when you get cut, you can just sign with teams which seems outrageous like i do i truly just do not comprehend the workings of nfl contracts and how you can trade a player but eat like millions of dollars in cap or uh if your contract expired you can't sign till the 17th but if you get cut you get an advantage on everyone it's pretty fucking dumb if you ask me but nevertheless, here we are, J.J. Watts, coming to the NFC West rival, Arizona. I mean, what was your reaction to that? It was definitely a surprise, to, for me at least.
1: I, I First, I would like to say, uh, send a message to the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston, if you could stop sending your best players to <laughs> our rivals, that would be great because... It's one thing to send DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the league, although if you go by last year's stats, I guess that would be Stefan Diggs. Regardless, he's one of the best. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is one thing, and then now we have to deal with J.J. Watt twice a year. Uh, Good luck, Matthew Stafford. That's, you know, it's going to be to the point where you're gonna have to hope that Watt is injured, because that was kind of one of his knocks coming into free agency. Was he had a tendency to be injured, uh, you know, as he's gotten older. So, but that's that's a ruthless combination between Watt and uh, Chandler Jones. I mean, man, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be very dangerous defense. So yeah. To the Houston Texans organization, I would sincerely appreciate it if you just kept your talented players and didn't give it to our division rivals. And let's not go to Deshaun Watson possibilities. I I think that's for another, (laughs) that's for another,
2: uh, podcast. (laughs) I mean, that'd be crazy if, uh. He went to Arizona. I don't think I don't think they're moving out from Kyler though. But no, not to Arizona, I'm worried about. I'm worried him going to San Francisco. Uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he's gonna land or if he's even gonna get traded. It, I I don't know. I mean I mean like I don't want to veer off into too much of a Watson rant, but like I I get both sides of the coin here. Like a lot of people are like, uh, you know, he just signed a contract he shouldn't be able to demand a trade. And I think that's fair, but at the same time, like that relationship is soured. Like he's never going to be happy there. And if I'm the Texans, you're, he would be the best player to ever be traded. I've said that multiple times on Twitter and in this pod. Uh, if you're maybe like not in a vacuum, the best player, but like, if you're talking about the value of a player in the NFL, he would be the most valuable asset to ever get traded. And you would like, hypothetically man like if you sent him to Miami you'd get Tua back you'd get the third pick back you'd probably get their other first round pick this year you'd probably get a couple other first round picks in the future like you would get for a team that's going to rebuild the Texans are clearly going to rebuild you know that they don't have the like a path to contention in 2021 is probably not in play even if you have Watson every game Uh, I I would move on man and just like end that chapter it sucks but you're gonna get a sh- unbelievable amount of assets back in return
1: that's for sure that, let, let's put it this way uh watson's gonna bring back a pretty healthy dose of of prospects and potential talent
2: just because he's
1: that good of a player
2: yeah yeah it's i don't know we'll see how that plays out but i mean yeah, I would appreciate as well if the Texans stopped giving players to division rivals. I mean, I don't even think you even mentioned Clowney, right? We had that happen. Although that wasn't their doing. But well, neither was JJ Watt, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that it's going to be interesting to see. Like, I know Patrick Peterson, it doesn't seem like he's going to resign. But maybe something like this changes his mind a little. Maybe they maybe they are able to bring him back. But even if they don't, that's a lethal duo like you mentioned with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and it's an offense that is only going to get better. Kyler Murray is going to get better as a player. He's he's taken some strides. He's still got a lot of kinks to work out but um, he's clearly a promising player and you have the best rec- I think the best receiver in football. Uh, I do love my guy Stefan Diggs so that you just mentioned but you got DeAndre Hopkins and you have some decent receivers behind him. You have Christian Kirk. Uh, I don't I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be back. I don't know if there's any movement on that front yet, but it's just like another team we have to deal with. I, I do. I wish one of these teams in the division would be bad next year, and I don't think any of them are going to be.
1: No, it's going to be uh, an- another tough NFC West again. Uh, potentially even better than last year. So that's a scary thought.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep gonna be fun uh all right well let's for most of us I'm <laughs> like Mr. J.J. Watford he hasn't started yet and I think it we could start mapping out now you know the path to like you know our wishes here and players we'd want to see I don't think has anyone signed the their franchise tag yet no right
1: not to my knowledge I don't think so
2: I don't remember if um like when Teams usually start tagging, but it feels kind of crazy nobody has been tagged yet. Maybe it's just going to be a light year for tags. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there, but nevertheless, the Rams, they haven't cleared up any cap space yet. There's been no news on them restructuring players, and because that hasn't happened yet, I doubt in the next seven days we get that and we get a franchise tag. seems unlikely, so we we got to just kind of go on to... What we think can happen and what's realistic to happen. I mean, hypothetically, like for the topic of today's podcast, we have to assume that they get over the cap in the next couple of two weeks, uh, make some moves. I would guess restructuring is the most realistic route, and they probably still wouldn't have much cap space beyond that. But ideally, you end up clearing like enough room to get you know, ten, fifteen million in cap space to to play within free agency. I think we could start. Well, Johnny, I think today we have. We each made a little list, and I think we each only have four positions on the list. There, we could start with a position that we don't need to discuss as a full position, but I think the top of both of our wish lists would just to be re-signing John Johnson. I think that would be the most ideal way to spend our money. Now, do we think that's going to happen? I feel like probably not.
1: Yeah, I, I would... Absolutely, that would complete my wish list right there. Is to bring back John Johnson because one of the reasons why the Rams' defense was so elite was because he was healthy. He contributed to what we know he can, what how he could play. And to tell you the truth, there's just so many talented safeties out there that it's even hard to say that he was a Pro Bowl snub, even though he played like a perennial Pro pro Bowler out there. Oh, jeez. Could never say that. It always comes out perennial
2: there. pro bowler. It yes. is a weird thing to say,
1: but uh, it, it's absolutely true. Though John Johnson is is a leader. He's a guy that you want on your team no matter what. But the only feasible way I could see the Rams signing this guy is through a franchise tag, and as Steve mentioned earlier, there hasn't been um, any form of you know alleviating some of that cap space and I just I don't know if they're gonna have enough to bring him back I'd love nothing more than to bring back John Johnson and uh, as I mentioned to Steve there's not really a whole lot to talk about um, in terms of how many positions the Rams should um, you know should need because truthfully the Rams have a solid team still even with a lot of departing talent there there's there's still uh quite a few positions that are locked in that really don't need a lot of attention so i told i told steve kind of before we got on that realistically speaking if we aren't able to sign john johnson just like how i think we won't um realistically speaking I, I think that the Rams don't even address this position at all. Maybe they'll bring in some, uh, you know, talent via undrafted free agent or heck, maybe they'll strike gold again in the sixth round and bring in another safety and a lower draft pick. But I, I don't think that this is going to be a position they go out and shop free agency wise just because there's just so much talent there. Uh, Taylor Rapp, we forget about him just because he was overshadowed by both Johnson and Jordan Fuller, and uh, you know obviously he could take um, over that position or one that position that the Johnson's departing position anyway. And then there's also Terrell Burgess, who we forget was actually drafted before, uh, drafted before Jordan Fuller. Now. Typically speaking, he wasn't really thought to be a traditional safety anyway. He was going to kind of shift around, but, um, that could be another option to kind of fulfill, uh, a few needs there as well. So I think realistically the safety position isn't going to be addressed at all.
2: Uh, or if it is, it'll be like
1: undrafted free agents.
2: Yeah. I I agree. I think it's either they re sign John Johnson or like you said, they, they look later in the draft and in uh in free agency. Or not free agency, like undrafted free agents. If they lose John Johnson and then actually like put in some kind of significant investment, whether it's like a mid level free agent or a um like a like a third or fourth round pick, I feel like that's a clear indication that they do not believe in Taylor Rapp at all, and I feel like they still do believe in Taylor Rapp a little bit. So I think, you know, you keep John Johnson not because there's necessarily a huge need at the position, uh, even if he leaves, but you keep him because he's that good. He's a very valuable part of the team, and he loves being here. Uh, he be, his first choice, I feel like, would probably be to stay here if we could pay him the money that he's going to find on the open market, and he's not a guy like. He's not a guy that's gonna go out there and get 19 million dollars a year or something outrageous but you're gonna have to pay at least 12 I think to get him on a long-term deal and truthfully the franchise tag is a like you it's more affordable for a guy like john Johnson right now because uh safety franchise tags not that high um I want to ask before we get into the couple positions do you think that you know assuming the rams, have limited cap space and let's assume john johnson walks i'm curious if you think that like there's a world where maybe they free up 14 million in cap space and they still don't really go out and get new players rather they just spend it on like a board of austin Blythe, troy hill and like morgan fox just not maybe not those guys specifically maybe not fox specifically but like you know they give Austin Blythe five million and they give Troy Mill- Hill like six million rather than uh, going out and getting new blood.
1: I mean, truthfully, if if they can find that cap space and they can bring back some of these guys, Austin Blythe for sure. I I'd love to have him back. Troy Hill would be amazing to have back. Right? I I think he'd command a little more than six million though, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any opposition to it just because, as as I mentioned, there really isn't a whole lot the Rams need. And really, when you think about it, a lot of these positions are just trying to refill the positions that the Rams had but are losing to free agency. So about the only position I can think of that the Rams would um would actually need to add that they didn't already have would be inside linebacker which we've talked about countless times and maybe a deep threat wide receiver the rest is literally just filling in voids that that the Rams are trying to save that's no longer on the team or may potentially no longer be on the team so yeah i i'd be totally okay with bringing back some of these guys guys like the John Johnsons the Austin Blythes uh, because they work they it was it was positions that work now um, they may not be elite players like the Austin Blythe um, comment I he's not an elite player by any means but he's someone that's familiar with the offense and is familiar with with uh, offensive lines and one of the things about being on an offensive line is you can have one of the better offensive linemen's out there, but it, it's, it's a challenge to get a team to work together and have that chemistry. I, I think people don't realize how much chemistry actually really means to an offense. And it's one of the reasons why, if you go back into the Rams' history, that offensive lines just never really worked no matter who the Rams signed or drafted because there was never any chemistry, there was never cohesion. And now um this is such a familiar offensive line for the past couple of years they have jailed together and while they're not perfect, it it's it's decent. It's above decent, really. So yeah, I would be totally okay with investing in in guys we've already had.
2: Yeah, I I agree, and I think it is, you know, I it's like Austin Blythe and Troy Hill are are both quality players. They're they're good starters, and they don't have big name recognition, and they're not like they don't pop off the page. So I I wonder what free agency would is going to look like for those guys. You know, I don't think they're going to command big money, and I think. Blythe especially, I, like, I feel like he, he probably can be able to get him back now. He recently spoke highly of uh, recently dismissed offensive line coach Aaron Cromer. So who knows if he's going to want to come back when you know you get rid of a guy that is really well-liked in the room. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I, Troy Hill especially. I'm really curious to see what he commands in free agency because I have absolutely no clue how teams are going to value him. Uh, he's a he's an enigma, um, so we'll see. But I think, you know, we, we talked a little on the pod, and you just mentioned it. Oops, hope that wasn't too loud. Uh, you just mentioned it that there isn't that many needs that the Rams need to add, because it was a pretty well-rounded team last year, and there wasn't... There was one hole on the team that was clearly like, this needs to be fixed as soon as possible, not counting kick returner uh, and kicker, obviously, which we did fix. And a linebacker. That is obviously a huge need. The Rams love to not address that need, so we'll see what happens. But I think the only the, the only true positions that they it seems like they would consider addressing with real money in free agency is wide receiver, looking for a deep threat which we talked about at, at Link last week about how, you know, it kind of sucks that that's a need, but it's a need nonetheless. Inside linebacker and edge rusher, presumably, to replace Leonard Floyd, who it it, it the, the math probably isn't going to add up to bring him back. And then potentially offensive line, if Blythe walks, we will need a new center. I don't think it's going to be Brian Allen. Um, so those are pretty much the four positions that need. Johnny, do you want to start on offense or you want to start on defense?
0: and on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or on an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. And check out the distribution box. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's com slash join.
2: Let's talk some receivers, man. Um, It is a absurdly deep class of receivers. We are not going to – we already have about $28 million invested in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods this year. So we're not going to go out and get – Allen Robinson, or Chris Godwin, or Kenny Galladay, or Juju. Like, those are just not happening. Those players are not even, it'll be absurd to drop, like, another $16 million contract on receivers. And if the Rams wanted to do that, truthfully, they probably wouldn't have traded Brandon Cooks, um, although these guys are all better than Brandon Cooks. Um, But the, the reason I bring this up is the biggest name that has been linked to the Rams and the most obvious free agent link. To the Rams, any position this year is Marvin Jones, wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. Played with Matthew Stafford for the last couple of years. Previously played in Cincinnati before that. He so he's he's a deep threat. He provides the need that this offense doesn't have over the top. He has a connection with our quarterback. He has a nice rapport with him. He last he scored nine touchdowns in three of the last four seasons in Detroit, uh, including last season. Five of his nine touchdowns last year. plays over 20 yards, which is something that the Rams offense could really use. uh, Overall last year, 76 catches on 115 targets for 978 yards and nine touchdowns. So, I mean, with Marvin Jones, like, if the Rams can afford him, it seems just obvious that they would get him. The question is, how much money is he going to be command? You know, can they afford him? I mentioned all those players because, you know, maybe there isn't as big of a market out there for him with, all this talent at wide receiver i didn't even mention Corey davis uh, i think i mentioned bull fuller like there's just a lot of good players uh pro football focus ranked him as the 10th best available wide receiver on the market but like even if you're looking specifically at deep threats over the age of 30 like there's still ty hilton who's a free agent who is probably more valuable than marvin jones would be um they pro Football focus in this doesn't really mean anything, which is like a metric for a talking point. They predicted that he'd sign a nine year or a three 3 year $27 million deal with Cleveland. That's $9 million a year. I don't think there is a world where you can justify with the needs you have at linebacker and the limited caps you have paying Marvin Jones $9 million a year.
1: Yeah, as far as... Uh... As far as Marvin Jones is concerned, that is actually my wish list just because he makes perfect sense for this offense. Obviously you bring in uh, his previous quarterback last year onto this team. so there's a uh, repertoire there that they could you know definitely look at with both uh, Jones and Stafford. So that's that's awesome, you know that's great. It makes perfect sense to me to pair these guys. But in terms of cap space, that's going to be the deciding factor. And being able to justify spending a little bit more on a position that's essentially a little bit luxury. You know, I, I understand that the Rams don't have a deep threat, so it is somewhat of a necessity. But um, it's not it's not a huge need. Like if you were to ask me, what's the most important position, uh, which, you know, you can make arguments that this is important also, but the most important in my opinion is inside linebackers still. It's the reason why we
2: lost in the playoffs. (laughs) I've been shouting that for a year, just into an empty void.
1: Yes, (laughs) it, it was literally like, if you go back, it was not the receiving position that lost us the uh, in the playoffs. It was being exposed at inside linebacker. It was being exposed of having guys like Troy Reader and and Kenny Young there. You know they they're quality guys as backups. I guess uh, you know they they kind of got better as the year went on. But are they supposed to be a starter? And the answer is no, a resounding no. So. This has to be addressed now, Marvin Jones, I feel like if you can get him at a reasonable contract, I say go for it you know that that is definitely someone you go out for now if it, as far as nine million for for a guy that's essentially gonna be the third man on on your roster here, uh, yeah. Well, I don't even know. I mean, he could even be listed as fourth behind Van Jefferson, depending on how Sean McVay, you know, (laughs) approaches this offense. But, um, yeah, I I think it's more of a dream case scenario. And unless Marvin Jones plays on a pay cut, which I doubt that he'll take much of a pay cut, it's uh, it's probably not going to happen. So I'm gonna just go ahead and say a more realistic scenario and then Steve, I'll kind of ask your opinion and uh, curious if you have a more realistic scenario here, but um, a more realistic option is a guy like John Ross, uh, who actually, to tell you the truth, while I do think uh, Marvin Jones is an absolute dream case scenario, John Ross is a younger player. True, he has not proven himself at all. He has not lived up to his draft status. But I will say that he's coming off an offense that just has not had much success since him joining the the Bengals. It, it's I I don't know if you can really blame it completely on John Ross. Part of his bad luck, I guess you could say, is injuries as well. He was a guy that didn't, um, he he didn't get too much, uh, too much of a break in terms of uh, injuries, which really hampered him last year as well. But he's shown flashes of potential here. You know, this isn't a a guy that had uh, proven success like. Like Marvin Jones, so I think you can probably get him at a reasonable contract, uh, maybe a a one to three year contract, depending on how much faith you have in the guy. I would say stick closer to a one or two year deal, Um, but you could certainly get him much cheaper than a than a Marvin Jones kind of guy. But uh, I know a lot of people will kind of shy away from him because he really didn't have an impact last year at all. I mean. If we're going by last year's stats, he only had two receptions. So (laughs) it's not that comforting. But the reason why I suggested John Ross is because he's exactly the type of player the Rams need. He is that speedster that the Rams are looking for. In reality, um, this isn't going to be a receiver that's going to be on the field all the time like a Cooper Cup or a Robert Woods. So this is a guy that's going to go out there occasionally and make those big plays that they can give uh, get from Matthew Stafford. That's what you want. So you don't need to overpay for a guy like Marvin Jones to do that. So it's uh, it's kind of a dicey situation with John Ross, but it's kind of a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing in my personal opinion. And I, I really, really kind of want to go with him just because being a Pac-12 guy, I've seen this guy play in the collegiate level. And yes, I understand that it's a whole another ball game in the NFL, but seeing his potential, I, I think he's worth, I think he's worth
2: the risk. And I, a, I agree. I think like, this is the kind of guy you should be targeting. And this is a realistic option. And a guy that I also did have on my list today, he's, he's, he's only 25. Um, You know, he was kind of a, like, sort of a project coming out right like the reason like he vaulted up the draft board cuz he ran a fucking 422 at the combine uh which is unbelievable um so he comes in and like he 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 struggled with injuries he sh- but he has shown some flashes specifically in uh in 2019 first two games that year he had 211 grabs for 270 yards and three touchdowns which is ridiculous uh and then he dealt with some injuries last year was weird like he demanded a trade and they didn't trade him. I don't know why um like what are you saving him for? uh you had AJ green Tyler Boyd and T Higgins you were not gonna play this dude. they didn't play him when he was healthy, but he he um he he got placed on injury reserve midseason and that was it he's a guy I really like man he's young he's fast he's shown flashes um and you're like you're probably not signing a guy here that you plan on, like you mentioned, they're probably going to be the fourth receiver, and they're going to be kind of like a guy that fills a very specific role on passing downs. They're not going to be out there every down. Uh, John Ross is is for sure the kind of guy you want to look for. He should be cheap. Uh, I doubt he gets anything more than like $5 That would really surprise me. If you could grab him for like two years, $8 million, I think that's, that's a great, great decision. Um, and if we want to go even cheaper, the other guy on my list that we've talked about is Deshaun Jackson, uh, another guy who's who's been linked to the Rams because they need a deep threat and they have no cap space. And here's a guy that is 34 years old, barely has barely played the last few years. Like I doubt he is going to get anything above a minimum contract. I would be fucking floored if anyone paid him more than like three million dollars next year. But on a team that has three rotational receivers, two of them that are you know two of the 20 best receivers in the NFL. You don't need this guy to do much. You need him to go out there and, like, every other game, catch a deep ball. Like, that would be the ideal scenario if you signed a Sean Jackson. You wouldn't have to play that much. He'd be the fourth receiver. He'd serve a very specific role. But when even, like, last year where he barely played, you look at, like, the one game he played against the Cowboys, he scored an 80-yard touchdown. He's still spry. He could still run. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And, like, would you rather get a guy who's going to play 16 games? Of course. But we don't have that luxury with the cap space and the couple of needs we have on defense. Um, I really like Deshaun Jackson. He has a history with Sean McVay. He played for him in Washington. Um, But he gives you the specific thing you need on this offense that you're looking for. Um, And he's probably going to be free. Um, I think John Russell costs a little more than free. I can't imagine he's that expensive. I think, I mean, I would go with Russ first. And if somebody else swoops him up, maybe to give a theoretical bigger role. And you just want to add something here. I love the idea of adding Deshaun Jackson. It might not work out, but the risk is worth it considering what we have.
1: And to think we could have had him over someone like Donnie Avery.
2: You know, I I meant to say this too, like when we mentioned, like, you look at John Ross, he had some serious flashes in 2019 of becoming a really good player. Um, and, And like, that means something to me. But like, my counterpoint was, there was like a three game stretch where Brian Quick looked like he was blossoming into a really good player. And then that was it for his entire career. And maybe potentially that couple of games to start 2019 was it for John Ross's career. But I still think he's a player that you look at, and I don't think it was it anyways, do you have any other receivers? I mean, I don't know if sosa uh, mentioned Marvin Hall last week, which I think is an interesting target as well, but I don't have anyone else on my list
1: yeah uh, i I mean that's pretty much i I feel like Those are a couple of the guys. I think Marvin Hall's an interesting guy to look at. There's obviously other guys out there, but um, those are, I would say, my top two guys um, that are both realistic and, you know, not going after a guy like someone like Allen Robinson. I'd love nothing more than to have Allen Robinson, but uh, yeah, there's a salary cap, so that
2: ain't happening. I mean, if we were to be able to get any of these free agents, given what we have a Will Fuller would be the dream to me. Uh, yeah. It gives you exactly what you, you're missing, but we are not getting Will Fuller. There's no fucking way. <laughs> There's just no no way. No, we're not getting Allen Robinson. We're not getting Chris Godwin. We're not getting Kenny Galladay. We're not getting Juju. Uh, we probably gave him for afford T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I'd love him too. <laughs> but we're, this is what we're working here with, man. Uh, when we get to defense, we're not getting Von Miller. Like, we didn't get J.J. Watt. Anyone with eyes could have seen that coming. Um, I guess the only position on offense that we touched on slowly is center. And a guy who has been linked to the Rams is not, like, just rumored. Like, it's nothing really, like, of substance. Is Alex Mack, center for the Atlanta Falcons. He's 36 years old, but he... You know, the Rams have dipped into that well before in 2017 when they added Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan, to aging linemen that just brought in some vet presence. I don't really think you look it back at all if Blythe stays. But if he were to go, this is a, a three-time Pro Bowler. He's played for Atlanta the last five years, uh, Cleveland before that. He made a couple of second-team All-Pros in both of his stops. Uh, and last year's head coach in Atlanta was Raheem Morris. So there's a history there. He has a connection uh, with la like it it just seems like an obvious target if Blythe leaves he shouldn't be that expensive. he's pretty old. he didn't have the he has some pedigree but not like the Andrew Whitworth level where you're gonna command 12 million dollars at 36 years old. He probably would be like in the five six million dollar range, which I think if you lose Blythe is worth investing in a short-term deal.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much my, my dream case scenarios to get Alex Mack, uh, which, you know, kind of like Marvin Jones, is still somewhat doable. I say somewhat. Um, I I think with uh, Alex Mack, he, he's a guy that, like Steve said, shouldn't command a huge amount of money, but I still think he would cost more than a guy like Austin Blythe for sure. I think he's really worth the money if you can't bring back Austin Blythe, who is my realistic uh, player here. And I'm pretty sure he's Steve's uh, realistic player here as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, personally speaking, I'd love nothing more than to sign Mac just because I feel like he brings not only, uh, you know, experience, obviously, but uh, some leadership to the position as well maybe draft another center uh, that you feel like could learn from Alex Mack. I mean, I think that's kind of one thing that the Rams haven't really had since Sullivan, which Sullivan was always a talented uh, center, even at his aging, you know, time with the Rams, but he was never on the level of like saying Alex Mack. I think I'd be more excited about this. If, uh, if this was like you know five or six years ago, but uh, then again, I don't think the Rams could afford him five or six years ago. So, uh, <laughs> I I I love nothing more than to bring Mac. But to tell you the truth, uh, either one, whether it be Mac or Blythe, I would be absolutely ecstatic with either one, either one of them. Uh, I have to say, I think it's gonna be Blythe just because I I've, I've seen Sean McVay, you know. Uh, just rant and rave about the guy. So, uh, unless there's a team out there that just is absolutely in love with Blythe and offers him a ridiculous contract, which I I highly doubt, I I think that Blythe is the guy that's gonna come back um, in 2021.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I I don't really have anything to add on that. So there's not really any other meaningful free agency targets I think any other positions you're probably bringing John Wolford back as your backup quarterback you're probably not addressing running back in any meaningful way probably not really addressing tight end either um assuming they believe in Bryson Hopkins and I don't think you have the the guys you're going to bring in an offensive line in free agency with the money you have they're not going to be worth bringing in like they're not going to be considerably better than anyone we have in the room beside beyond center if you lose Austin Blythe and I don't think it's worth even considering uh spending that money on like a guard to compete with David Edwards like no <laughs> I'm, I'm good uh defensively inside linebacker and outside linebackers are the obvious needs here I'd love to hear who I only have one guy written down from inside linebacker that like I'd love to them to take a serious look at uh there are other guys obviously you know i seen some names but I'm curious who who you are looking at at inside linebacker a position that the Rams need to address and almost definitely will not address because for whatever reason they refuse to address this position
1: well I'd like to think of it like this so I uh I I go to I go to sleep and on the on the day of uh free agency set to start I wake up to the news look at my phone and The Rams have signed inside linebacker K.J. Wright. I would be absolutely ecstatic. I'd be over the moon with this signing. I know that K.J. Wright is kind of up there already, and he's, he's not exactly the young player he was, but he's still talented. And best of all, he's coming from a division rival. How sweet would that be to have K.J. Wright? Uh, Not only his veteran presence would be welcome, but this guy would instantly upgrade anybody the Rams have an inside linebacker. And think of it this way, too. The the young guys that they have at inside linebacker, like Micah Kaiser, who the Rams seem to be high on if he could just stay healthy, uh, I think could
2: learn a lot from K.J. Wright. Yeah, I would man. I would love KJ Wright. Um, he he's he's gonna be 32 at the start of the season. He's getting up there in age, but he's still consistently getting tackles. Last season, though, his tackle numbers actually went down last year. It was his first full year without a um, hundred tackles since 2012. But yeah, man, he's he's still good. He finished top 10 at the position on Pro Football Focus. I believe he was seventh, which is really solid. Um. I, I would love to have him. He is like he'd be the best, the second best inside linebacker at worst to play for the Rams in the last six, seven years. If he signs with the team immediately, might be the best, might be better than Corey Littleton was um, certainly better than Corey Littleton is today. It seems like based on their performances last year, I think it's you know, what inside linebacker is a position that, you know, the elite guys, the elite of the elite are get paid a lot of money. But you're like I don't feel like your middle. Let me let me look this up. Um, I I feel like the middle tier guys don't, they're not like commanding giant contracts. Um, and KJ right today, you know, it feels like a middle tier guy. Um, yeah, the the ten the ten best guys at inside linebacker, I'll make over ten million a year, and then beyond that it's not you know guys aren't getting massive amounts of money i um i i just i love the idea of bringing him in i'd be so happy about it uh he's up there and if you could you know we mentioned marvin jones at nine million dollars could be a consideration i would take kj right at nine million dollars um i'd love to get him at like six or seven but if the way you address the defense if the way if you can get one player for like eight nine million dollars and the guy you go get is KJ Wright, I would be absolutely fine with it. Uh, he addresses a serious need in a big way. He's going to be out there probably almost every snap. He he hasn't missed that much time over the last couple of years. Um, he did miss some time in 2019, but overall he's typically been on the field. Um, I think he is maybe the the my top the top player on my wish list of players that. Could conceivably come here.
1: So, was he your wishless guy, or was he uh, someone you think can, uh, someone you would say would realistically come to uh,
2: to the Rams? He's my wishless guy, but I also I think it's possible. Um, it doesn't, based on what he said, you know, it doesn't sound like he's going to settle for a pay cut in Seattle. And if he were to leave Seattle, I mean, he'd probably want to go to a contender, and we are a contender that you, you'd get... If you could, you might get money. You should, He's not going to come here without getting money. But if he could get some money, he's going to play a lot, and he's going to compete for a title. Uh, I think it's my, it's my wish list, but it might be realistic. It It's a little realistic to me.
1: I would love to think that uh, KJ Wright's coming to the Rams. And who knows? Maybe it's like... Like you say, Steve, uh, maybe he uh, he ends up signing uh, because, and maybe even takes a little less money to be with a contender. So that could be a possibility. And hey, if, if that happens, I am totally fine with that. Um, I, I have to say I have my doubts, but uh, I think a more realistic option is would be a guy like um, Anthony Walker from the Indianapolis Colts. I personally like the guy. I think uh, he's he's a younger guy, um, a type of guy that that kind of gets you a lot of tackles. Uh, kind of iffy at at coverage, but considering who we've had, you know, co- at coverage, I think it's an instant upgrade because it's not saying much but uh anthony walker i feel like is is a younger guy that i think deserves uh a chance and and uh maybe he signs the like a kind of show me contract i don't think he's going to command a whole lot of money but uh personally i think he would be a solid option last year he uh got 92 total tackles um again not somebody that you rely on in coverage he only had an interception and truthfully he's only had one
2: interception in the past three years uh well one interception each year i should say it's, which is it's it's inside linebacker like they don't need to be getting tons of picks yeah you don't you, expect them to
1: you, not everyone can be a Corey littleton yeah
2: you know, <laughs> no
1: that that was kind of the reason why Corey littleton got the massive contract was because He was a guy that can obviously tackle, but could also uh, do well in coverage as well. Though last year left a lot to be desired.
2: Sorry, Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think he'd be a great option uh, if you're looking the cheaper route. I like a guy like Eric Wilson as well, who played a lot in Minnesota last year. Started a lot of games. Had a pretty solid pass coverage grade on Pro Football Focus. Was 26th among linebackers at the position uh, but a weak run run stopping grade and um, okay, like y- if you're not gonna spend money, you're not gonna get the ideal guy. And really, like whether it's Walker, whether it's Wilson, I just want a guy who has some experience playing at a productive level and getting meaningful snaps. You know, like I, you look at like if if they went out and grabbed Eric Wilson, yeah, he has a strength in coverage at inside linebacker. I think that pairs well next to a guy like Troy Reader. Um, who is more of a pass rusher or a, a run stopper, a, a run a run mediator. I would not call him a stopper. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, like, I, I just hope they bring in fucking somebody at this position, man, in some way. You have to bring in somebody. Either a bring in, a, like, a, a, a veteran that has played snaps and is okay or use your second or third round pick and go finally address this position in the draft and get somebody that has a chance to play. Anyone you draft in the second or third round is probably the favorite to be the starter at this position. Uh, I think that's the route I hope they go. I don't know if they're going to. Um, KJ Wright would be the dream, but assuming that doesn't happen, I think they're, they should address this in the draft rather than in free agency.
1: Now I think about it, if in
2: a perfect universe, they could bring
1: in both uh, Walker and Wilson. That would be a awesome duo right there.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That'd be great. And I mean, if they're not commanding big contracts, y- you never know. Um, I, the other position in need here, and I, I don't think they're gonna look at any. I think realistically, they probably, because who fucking knows they're gonna look at inside linebacker. They might only look at edge rushers for bringing in new talent. Um, it's something they have been doing the last couple of years. They they brought in Clay Matthews in, in uh, was it 2019, right? Uh,
1: Clay Matthews?
2: Yeah, yes. yeah, he was on the Super Bowl team. Yeah, they brought in Clay Matthews in 2019. Uh, even as far back as 2017 was when they brought in Connor Barwin, right? Um, oh,
1: that's right. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah TBT. Um, last year, they brought in Leonard Floyd. They also... They acquired Dante Fowler through trade, but then they re-signed to do a one-year $12 million deal um, for 2019. So they address this position through free agency often, with vets a lot. Usually they go the route of giving a one-year deal worth some significant amount of money to a veteran player. Luckily for us, there are a lot of targets if that's the route they go, if they can clear up the cap space to afford that, that's a big if. And I think two guys that we talked about last week that I think are the most obvious candidates for a one-year deal um, of that sort and probably probably more wishless guys than realistic guys, although who knows? Um, they could be, it depends on what the market is. Now, there there are a lot, there are a decent amount of really good edge rushers that are going to command money. Uh, J.J. Watt, obviously already one of them, signed a big contract. Shaq Barrett's out there. Uh, Carl Lawson's out there. Uh, I d- don't know this how to pronounce this guy's name. He used to play for Jacksonville. Yannick Neg- Nakui? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I recognize his name. I've seen him play. He's a good player. The two guys I think that could be reasonable targets for the Rams and could be exciting targets for the Rams are Jadavion Clowney and Melvin Ingram. Uh, for two different reasons, with Clowney, he actually he did have a sack last year. If you look up his highlights from his one year with the Tennessee Titans on YouTube, I tried today, Johnny, and they don't exist. There are no highlights. Um, but that being said, he still had a pretty decent Pro Football Focus grade of seventy four point nine. It was the nineteenth best overall edge rusher at the position. Despite not recording a sack, he only played in eight games and sat out with an injury. Um, it's he's a wishless guy. I mean. He's only 28 years old, and he's been a good player. He's made a couple of Pro Bowls, but for the number one overall position, number one overall pick and outside linebacker, I don't think he's necessarily fully lived up to his height. But that being said, all that stuff I said, number one overall pick, former Pro Bowler, he's a huge name. He's probably going to get more than we could pay him. But if that option is out there, maybe he takes a little less money to kind of have a re- redeem himself. And if, like, ideally they could free up, like, 10 million in cap space, so they could go this route, like they did with Leonard Floyd in the past, and like they did with Dante Fowler. Get a guy like Clowney on a one year deal um, that special. I mean, we can. I'll, I'll let you talk about Clowney before we get to Ingram. I mean, does he interest you at all? If and do you think it's possible? Like, I, I think there's a chance he gets another giant one year deal. Like maybe it's more than we could pay him, but I don't think anyone is gonna give him long-term money in eight figures and I don't think he's gonna take like three years 21 million dollars you know he's a guy who wants to bet on himself clearly uh his and he's walked away from the table with ace nine seven two five the last two years Um, but I think he's gonna do it again and I think we'd be a realistic landing spot if he's gonna do that if we can free up the cap space to get him for like I don't know 10 million dollars
1: I think that uh, he uh, in terms of a guy like Clowney, I I think he could certainly uh, be a guy that could eventually come down in price. I mean, that's basically what happened last, really, the last few years. Is he tried to get that massive contract and teams just weren't buying, and he eventually settled. And I think that's ultimately what's going to happen this year. Just he, he did not have an impressive year last year. And um, ultimately, you're, he's going to have to settle. So I, I do think he's going to command at least a little bit of money. Uh, he's not going to come cheap, I, I imagine. There will probably be cheaper options out there, of course. But this is really a bad year for him to try and command a certain price. As you mentioned, this is a pretty big class of, uh, of uh, edge rushers and outside linebackers that, that are going to command way more than him and will get way more than him. And then coming into a year where the salary cap is down, that doesn't do him any favors either. So depending on what his values truly are, does he want to play for a contender? If that's something that really intrigues him, the Rams might be a certain option here. If if he'd rather just get as much money as he possibly can, which is certainly an option, uh, or certainly something he can strive to do, I, I don't know if the Rams are going to be his destination because obviously the Rams don't have a lot of money to deal with here. But if they can both kind of negotiate and get to that, get to that sweet point, you know, that, that, uh, contract that favors both sides. I think it it could be a doable thing, but that I would say would be kind of a, a dream scenario there. And this could be, um, something that like, if I, if I'm Jadavian Clowney's agent, I think I would try and, and get him in, into a, a Los Angeles Rams uniform. Not necessarily to get the big score contract, but to get his numbers back up. Because certainly, playing alongside Aaron Donald has done wonders to guys' career, like the Dante Fowler, like Leonard Floyd. So I, I think that if I'm, if I'm his agent, that's absolutely what I want to do. And just sit him down and say, look, this may not be the contract you want this year, but this could lead you into bigger contracts, um, you know, the following year, because let's face it, the Rams probably won't be able to resign him.
2: Yeah, he's he's not going to be medically cleared till he, he says he's hoping to get medically cleared in April, uh, coming off his injury his surgery last year at a torn meniscus. So I mean, he might not get signed till April, and that's another wrinkle. Like, are the Rams going to wait that long to make a move? I mean, I. Like I don't see anybody giving this dude a long term contract, uh, given the market right now. I think, like the more I think about it, the more actually possible I think it is for him to be in a Rams uniform next year. Like, like it's just a hypothetical. I don't know if this team would be looking to make this move. Like, if you're Cleveland, you have cap space. You can give a defensive end a three year, thirty nine million dollar contract, thirteen million a year. Your options are Jadavion Clowney and Leonard Floyd. Like imagine saying this last year. I feel like they would give it to Leonard Floyd because of the uncertainty with Clowney, right? That's true. Yeah, that, like for sure.
1: That's absolutely true. And and to tell you the truth, there's there's just so much uh, questions around him though that uh, you have to stop and wonder: Is this really a guy that the Rams will actually try and pursue? Uh, not that they may not believe in the guy or anything, but because they believe in this defense, they believe in the guys around him, and and if that's the case, you you can probably invest in other guys that may not be as questionable
2: as a Jadavian Clowney. Well, I think I think Clowney kind of ticks the boxes of what they've been looking for at this position. It's guys who are, you know, not not big names in the way of Clowney, but, like, well, sometimes it has been. I mean, look, Clay Matthews, but bigger names that are coming off of down years on discounts. Um, Clowney fits that bill exactly, and we'd see what level of discount you would get him at. And I mentioned before, like, Melvin Ingram is another guy who kind of fits that bill, though, for... lot of different reasons. he's older he's a injury history missed a lot of time last year but still he's a three-time pro bowler as recently as 2019 um and for him specifically like he he's older he's gotten his payday he's made a lot of money i mean he's not going to come to the rams on a one-year three million dollar deal but like like if you could get that leonard floyd special or maybe like a I don't know, like a two-year, fourteen million-dollar deal. I don't. Know. I think he might be more of a one-year candidate, kind of like on the Ndamukong Suh deal, um, though maybe not as much. We can't we can't give up as much money as him, but like you think a one-year, like eight million-dollar deal. I feel like that's something he would consider to play for a contender, and like you mentioned alongside Aaron Donald, it might pump his numbers up and get him a, a bigger contract coming off an injury next year. Um, he's a vet. He's a really good player, but let's like let's be honest here. He's not Bob Miller. Like he's not gonna come off of an injury and go get a four-year, like sixty million dollar contract or some shit like that. Uh, he he feels like maybe he, like that feels kind of like on the safer side of the clowny coin. But I think the the clowny coin. I feel like that's just a coin they're gonna try and flip. I don't know why. It just mentally like it feels like a route they'd want to go. Uh, I, I don't know if you had Ingram on your list.
1: Uh, Ingram. Is, I mean. Let's put it this way. Like, I wouldn't mind a Clowney. I wouldn't mind Ingram. Uh, like we said, if you put him alongside Aaron Donald, I think there's a high chance that any one of these guys are going to prevail. Um, you know, these are guys that at one point or another in their career have proven themselves. So I, I think that that's fine. I, I don't know if, uh, um, if, he's, if these guys are someone I'd want to bring in, but would I be upset that they brought them in? No, not at all. I think it would be, um, I think it would be fine. I think they'd do a a fine job and hopefully even maybe even surprise me and go over and beyond uh, our expectations, which is a scary thought for other teams when you think about it. Uh, But uh, for me, my dream scenario is actually kind of boring. My dream scenario is uh, Leonard Floyd. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, there. It, it's not a sexy move. I mean, he's not he he's not a big name like like the guys we've mentioned. But oddly enough, he may get a bigger contract than these guys, just
2: depending on how the market goes. You know, he. I would be really surprised if he didn't get a bigger contract than Davian Clowney and Melvin Ingram. I'd honestly be really surprised by it.
1: I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of, he's falls in such a weird category because last year he had a hell of a year. Um, and, and really when you think about it, this is a guy that didn't really start performing until well into the 2020 season. It wasn't until the latter. Well, maybe not that far. Maybe, uh, um, maybe like past the first four or five games that's when he started actually cuz i i even remember talking to you about this how leonard floyd isn't exactly panning out yeah now you're but right but then but then all of a sudden he just came out of nowhere and this is kind of why he's my dream case scenario here because i feel like putting him back in a system where he thrived in and you know uh his familiarity with this defense i think he can be even better than last year, which can be a very dangerous thing. Do I necessarily think he's a better player than a Jadavian Clowney or Melvin Ingram? No, 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 I don't. I, I think that the Leonard Floyd is, is a talented guy. And I think if he gets a big contract elsewhere, it may be a mistake depending on which team he goes to.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's such a it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these edge rushers, man, cuz there's there's a lot of names out there. Uh and all productive players last year, there's not that much money out there. And this is a position that historically players get paid a lot of money. I think it's you know, when you're talking about not quarterbacks, I feel like the most lucrative positions are cornerback, offensive tackle, and edge rusher, and then probably wide receiver too. But uh these guys get paid a lot of money and there's I don't think like the three guys we just talked about, you know, we'll see what happens with Floyd, but uh, like I I just don't see anyone playing Clowney. I don't I don't see it at all. Especially if no one paid him last year. Although he wanted a lot more money. He's yeah, gonna have to settle for a bargain. Who who'd you have for um a realistic option here?
1: So I have two realistic options here. I couldn't decide on these two, because these guys are both kind of high risk, uh, high risk and high rewards kind of players. Um, so my first one is Tyus Bowser from the Baltimore Ravens. He's a guy that uh, he did okay over there. Uh, last year he just had, you know, he was, pro- he was somewhat productive, but not that productive. If I'm going to be honest, um, only had really 34 tackles and, uh, two sacks. Um, so really not mind shattering numbers, though. We did have three interceptions. So there's that, um, okay. that, I mean, that's pretty impressive for uh, edge, but, uh, well, I guess he's more outside linebacker. Uh, anyway, details. Um, so I, I would love to have this guy because he's a younger guy kind of fits the mold of the guys that the Rams have been pursuing the past couple of years, the Dante Fowlers, the Leonard Floyds. Um, someone that hasn't really lived up to his potential. And I think, obviously, you put him next to Aaron Donald and his career might, ex- might explode just as well, too. Um, but again, it, it's kind of a risk also, just because... Eventually, you might find that guy that just doesn't live up to his potential, and even with an Aaron Donald, uh, just there's no resurrecting that career. I don't know if that's um, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to come with him or or anyone else really. I, I don't know if Tyus Bowser is the option here, but um, I think he fits the bill here in terms of guys that uh, the Rams have pursued and he's certainly not going to command a lengthy contract than the other guys we've mentioned now the other guy that I have in mind is uh, Tack McKinley I brought him up because for obvious reasons obviously he's uh, familiar with uh, Raheem Morris our defensive coordinator it's interesting though because he was actually cut by the Atlanta Falcons last year just because he did not fit the mold for them at all, which is not comforting because the Falcons is just, their defense was awful, and the fact that he got cut from the Falcons defense is a little unnerving, but his potential is there, and he's a former Bruin, uh, so... <laughs> I just have to throw that one in there, but uh, yeah, I, I I like this potential, you know, because obviously Tack McKinley will even cost even less than um, than a Bowser, so this not only gives you an option here, um, but also kind of gives you more wiggle room to sign more other, you know, players, uh, but obviously having Raheem Morris is a blessing in this situation because he could tell us whether or not he would thrive with the Rams defense if he has any faith whatsoever I think he'll mention to Les Snead and the rest of the front office
2: that this could be potentially a a match made in heaven here. Tack McKinley really does fit the bill of players the Rams like going after that I kind of laid out earlier with like High pick, haven't really lived up to the hype. I mean, we talked about the success stories with Dante Fowler and Dominic – or um, Leonard Floyd, but, like, a guy like like Dominic Easley, we signed under Les Snead, right? He was a former first-round pick. He didn't work out, but, uh, you know, kind of the same bill here. I think, like, <laughs> you look at – um, I was, like, what happened to Tack McKinley last year? He got cut. He signed, uh, signed with the Bengals, failed a physical – Signed with the 49ers, failed a physical, went to the Raiders, they passed him, uh, but he was on injury reserve, he didn't he didn't play for them. So he he'd be interested, man. I I would be totally open to getting him on a cheap deal. It seems like he is not gonna go for much money at all. Um, and I think that's a that's an interesting player to target. A guy I had Though he might end up being a little too expensive is uh, Romeo Aquara out of Detroit. He's 26 years old, finished 39th at the position on Pro Football Focus last year. But really the reason he's getting a lot of buzz is he just went on a fucking rampage uh, at the end of the season. He was the third best pass rusher, according to Pro Football Focus, since week 12. And it's a guy that, you know, how much money is he going to demand for a guy that was pretty mediocre for the first Four four and a half years of his career, and then just came alive at the end of last season. Um, contract year—that's the best time to come alive. But uh, Pro Football Focus had a, and again, this is just an arbitrary number. Three years, nineteen point five million for him. Um, maybe the Rams could potentially get him on a on that kind of deal. They could afford it. They could afford money after this year. Um, so I—that's a—that's a guy that interests me. Did you have any other players you wanted to just toss out before we wrap up here? I do not. We ran through my whole list.
1: No, I, I think this, this pretty much covers it. I mean, um, covering our dream case scenarios and some potential guys out there. I, and to tell you the truth, maybe there's a, a few guys out there that, uh, that we didn't mention that, uh, that may get looks here and there. I mean the free agent especially at positions like um edge there's quite a few guys out there so even if the Rams ultimately end up signing one of the ones we didn't mention I I don't think it would be a, a sad day or anything just because there's so many potential guys out there and and as as we mentioned especially at edge they, I, I'm not really all that concerned. I mean, if, if the Rams ultimately sign nobody, then I guess I'll be concerned. But um, I imagine that they'll bring in I, someone like like uh, our realistic options here. So it, it's just exciting, just because we know more or less that the Rams are are gonna obviously target the uh, the guys that they've been targeting the past few years. So, here's hoping, man. I mean, Leonard Floyd was literally somebody that uh, was a relative unknown. He came in and then just absolutely devastated offenses at times. So, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited to see who they go after.
2: Well, (laughs) first, they need to make cap space because right now they have negative 28 million in cap space. Ouch. And we have no movement on restructuring. I think that we probably will see Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey both get restructured in the next couple of weeks. Um, the reason against restructuring, guys, is you're kind of kicking the can down the road. On you're gonna have to pay them more money in the future. It's a reason why somebody like Robert Woods, who can be cut after the season for pretty much no penalty, is not a guy you'd wanna. I I mean, I wouldn't be upset if we restructure it, but maybe not a guy you want to restructure because maybe you look to add a different receiver next season instead of him and move on from there. But a guy like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, who you have no intentions of replacing in the coming years, uh, are the guys you want to restructure uh, because they're going to be here for sure, and they're your best players. You're fine with it. Um, Well, next week when we come back, we should have clarity on every team's franchise tag situation hopefully and maybe we'll have restructured contracts but uh do you have any parting thoughts before we get there johnny uh
1: no not really just uh happy to see some spring training baseball you know go dodgers world series champs uh steve i know this particularly bores you but uh (laughs) for me i'm happy to have another sport don't get me wrong, love my Lakers. You know, NBA Finals champs as well. Have to throw that in there. Uh, but having another sport that isn't football, it's kind of nice.
2: Yep, MVP runner-up for 2021 behind Joel Embiid over there on the Lakers. LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got uh, still got some time for free agency. We'll be back with another another pod talking about uh what the ram situation is next week. Until then, follow us on Twitter at C Rivero at Johnny506 at talk rams. Check out Derek's show on the feed from this week and be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Threw up, all right? Have a little bit more uh, social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties, all right? <laughs>